Okay, we are back. Welcome uh, to Dynasty Saturday Night 5, live here on uh, Saturday Night once again. Uh, we took a few weeks off, a bit of a hiatus, fantasy playoffs, so not too, too much going on. But also, you know, end of the year, you know, people are busy and, uh, you know, sort of a, a wellness uh, wellness break, uh, you know, mental and, and, and physical health and, and grab some rest and, you uh, and we're back here uh, as the NFL playoffs are, are getting started to kind of put a bow on uh, the 2022 season and, uh, and uh, you know, kind of give you a preview of what we're going to be doing uh, in the offseason. I'm, uh, I'm Brian Ford. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Josh Walker. Josh, how you doing? Good. You know, it's funny how Dynasty works. I told myself a few weeks ago, no more leagues. I got to cut down and I'm already drafting a new team, so. Yeah. I got a problem, mm. but I'm good. I'm happy to be here after a good break. Yeah, I mean, that's a common refrain from from the Dynasty folks. Like, <laughs> I said I wouldn't, but here I am uh, yep. with with more leagues, yeah. Uh, last <laughs> year, I, I said uh, I said zero startups uh, in, in the offseason, and I lasted till, like, like maybe mid-late July, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 like four or five more startups. But I did a really good job cutting back um, at the end of this season going into next year. So um, I should be I should be OK. Yeah, I actually yeah. stuck to my. But again, you know, a whole new offseason to to, you know, go back on my word and add, add more teams. So, <laughs> yeah, I think at this point I'm just going to be taking over orphans until around July. So. Okay, uh, our buddy uh, Kyle checking in. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Uh, good to see you. Thanks for thanks for being with us. So, for those of you who who don't know or or forget, uh, Dynasty Saturday Night Five, uh, just a fun, you know, sort of laid back way to talk about Dynasty through lists of five. Um, and so, uh, you know, make sure that you know you're tuning in every Saturday night. You're getting the notifications. You're subscribing to the Going for Two Live uh, YouTube channel and and of course, uh, you know, hang out with us in the chat. So uh, as you may see from the title of the video, uh, this is the Dino Awards, um, the, you know, much anticipated uh, award show <laughs> uh, at the end of the season uh, uh, for with a with a dynasty twist. Um, and uh, I honestly like I was this close to, to buying one of those tuxedo T-shirts so that I could have like an award show tuxedo thing going on. Uh, maybe next year. Maybe we'll. If it becomes yeah. a tradition, we'll uh, we'll get the vibe going a little bit. No, I'm down. We can make it. I don't know if you watch The Office. We can make it kind of like the Dundies, where we yeah. just you know give some away, give away some cheap trophies, or we can just keep them. I don't know. Yeah. Hottest redhead or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, whitest shoes, <laughs> <laughs> stinkiest dumps. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so. The dinos. Uh, we're gonna have five categories, which you know, you know, uh, links in with our whole, you know, spiel here about uh, you know lists of five, uh, and we each have some nominees, an honorable mention, uh, and a winner. Um, so it's kind of like ten awards, you know. So <laughs> cheat a little bit, right? Um, and uh, Jamie, uh, commiserating, no more startups, but you know, Sir Foss got him into one, which hey, you know. That's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, I I cut out a bunch of a bunch of leagues, partly to cut down on leagues, but also in anticipation of I want to add a couple more leagues. But like with people I know, and I know they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of jabroni leagues, and I was just like, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Okay, so uh, our first category in the Dino Awards is biggest riser or pleasant surprise. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll start this one off. Um, so I'll start out with my first nominee, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, yeah, he reached 1,000 yards in what was supposed to be an ugly backfield. Uh, he cemented himself easily as a lead back, mainly due to he's actually able to catch passes. Uh, and he averaged five yards a carry, which is pretty good. Showed great uh, missed tackle ability. Uh, so next up, another running back. Next nominee is Tyler Algier. 
I was higher than consensus on him, but even I didn't expect him to reach a thousand yards. Mm. I was hoping for 600, you know, in a committee because they were in a committee. Even when Patterson got hurt, Caleb Huntley, who we'll talk about later, got called up, got a lot of carries. Uh, yeah, he showed pretty good vision, decent big playability. And I think he's earned the chance next year to either be the guy or if they want to stick in a committee to be one a, and he showed this year, he can at least be valuable. Uh, next nominees, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, he's top 10 in targets and receptions, reached 1,000 yards get, uh, this year. And I think he proved he's going to be the main target guy, even with Jamison Williams. He's going to be more of a big play threat, you know, trickery a little. So I think he's still going to be a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. Uh, next nominee, Garrett Wilson, elite route runner. I didn't realize how good he was in yards after the catch. He's second to only Debo when he's in open space. And he reached 1,100 yards with Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's enough right there. And then Christian Watson's the last one. I faded him coming into the season, but he proved that for a slow start. He does have the ability to be a very viable fantasy option. Probably some touchdown regression based on how many he had and with the little receptions. But he does have upside. So that leads it to my honorable mention, Rashid, Rashid Shahid with the Saints. He only had like 28 receptions, almost got 500 yards, and had a few touchdowns. See that big playability, he can play well, maybe like a Robbie Anderson type. Um, so the winner, and probably one of my new favorite fantasy players, is Garrett Wilson. The dude is just elite. I think he showed why he's going to be – he made a lot more worthless just about at this point. I'm kidding. He's not worthless. But I think he just came, busted through, and did much better than anybody expected to. Mm-hmm. So. I, I like those. Yeah, I'm, I share a couple of, of, of your nominees, and and yeah, I also like the Shahid call. He's he could step into, you know, wide receiver two or three on that yep. team. I mean, obviously, you know, the quarterback play is what it is, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, relative to what we expected of him, uh, you know, uh, Weber State, I believe the college, yep. right? A UDFA from Weber State. I don't know that anybody thought uh, he'd be making any noise. Uh, so, so even yeah. at twenty four, uh, he's a little older than most rookies, but I. You know, I don't really care at this point. So there were there were two guys going into this season who I was uh, lower than consensus on, and and I said prove it. Uh, and those are my first two nominees: uh, Amon Ra, uh, St. St. Brown, uh, and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts started in my quarterback rankings as we entered the season at I think like fifteen or sixteen. My whole thing with him is um, you got to pass to stay on the field to make the cheat code work, and uh, I was skeptical, uh, and and so. He definitely was a riser and a surprise for me. Uh, Damian Pierce, uh, a guy who I had, you know, maybe 10th among the rookie running backs coming into uh, the draft last year and didn't really raise him much, even though he did get a, a good landing spot with uh, with the Texans for volume. I just didn't like the player much, uh, you know, broken tackle machine. Uh, you know, he's still a day three running back with, um, you know, with a new coaching staff coming in and, you know, I, I think they'll add somebody in the backfield that's more of a change of pace or a receiving back. But, you know, for the purposes of this award uh, and, and his value going forward, you know, he's he's definitely earned the idea of being yeah. a riser and a pleasant surprise. Jared Goff, um, I like going into this season, I'm not saying I love Jared Goff. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Right. But uh, I thought he was getting way too much hate, you know, and like he's, he's competent. He's mediocre. He's fine. You know, whatever. Um, and you know, the Detroit offense this year is really good. Right. And you know, it, you know, yeah, sure. Are they much better at home than on the road? Is he much better on the home at home than on the road? Sure. You know, uh, uh, is, is a lot of it because, you know, a negative game script and a bad defense. Sure. But we don't care too, too much about that. We care mainly about the, the end result and the numbers he's, he's putting up and, you know, he's definitely risen, uh, risen up the board and, you know, he's only like 28 ish. So, yep. you know, still, um, I mean, he performed so well, you know, people went from Detroit's definitely taking a quarterback if they can to Detroit's not taking a quarterback at all. Uh, so definitely. Uh, and then of course, Ramondre, uh, I had him in there. He's not as big a surprise to me as he is to some other folks. I've been a fan since the pre-draft process, but relative to where I had him in the rankings, you know, uh, to where he is now, Definitely a riser and a surprise. My honorable mention yeah. is Chig Conquo. Um, I had him about, I think, ninth or tenth in my tight end rankings going into the the draft, you know, the 2022 class. 
I was too low on him. I had a couple guys like uh, Ruckert and Kolar ahead of him. And, you know, they're nowhere to be seen at the moment. I still think Ruckert is worth waiting on. But, um, but yeah, you know, Chig definitely um, definitely a pleasant surprise, as my honorable mention. And the winner, Jalen Hurts. Kind of hard not to make Jalen Hurts the winner. He's, you know, by most people's accounts, a top five dynasty quarterback now, including mine. Uh, so this is also the Eat Crow Award, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> because I was wrong. I was wrong on Hurts. Um, I didn't think he could take this big a step forward as a passer this soon, and he has. And so uh, he is the winner for my biggest riser slash pleasant surprise. And our next category, folks, is kind of going in the opposite direction, and that's the biggest faller or disappointment. Uh, Josh, kick us off. Yeah, I do want to ask you one question about golf. Sure. Just oh, since yeah, I'm, in... I'm sorry. Yeah, No, you're good. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't plan on adding anything, but as you were going, I just I dropped. What uh? All right. What round would you would you take Jared Goff in the startup in Superflex? Because I drafted him round six as my QB two. I felt like it based on ADP on sleeper, it was reaching, but I also am buying in because he also had a very good. It was either rookie or sophomore year where he put up a lot of points with McVay. You know, for Goff, for me, I it's you know, it, it sounds a little high, like maybe eighth ninth i'd say um you know in that cousins range um but well yeah cousins went one pick before that that's who i was he went in round six too mm-hmm. okay i was just wondering because yeah. yeah. I, th- I felt like i reached a lot but at the same time i didn't get, want to get stuck without a but, 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 decent but second startups, quarterback startups have a lot of moving parts and in a super flex you want it you want to get that second quarterback you know uh, and especially if you're not like a hundred percent a value drafter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like, let's face it, a lot of dynasty players are not a hundred percent value drafters, right? They're, they're, they're drafting as if they're going to like use that team moving forward. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so that, you know, you know, colors the strategy of trying to get that second, um, you know, that, that second, uh, uh quarterback early, um, Let's see here. Uh, and uh, Jamie with uh, good results with Goff as his Superflex winning a championship. Congrats. There you go. The arm yeah, of Jared awesome. Goff, who uh, I was told in the hard knocks, uh, um, didn't know that the sun set in the West or something. Or was that him? Goff? Anyway. Some, I'm not sure. I have to Google it. We'll I didn't look at his Wonderlick score and see. <laughs> That could probably tell you, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, this is the wah-wah award for biggest faller or disappointment. The nominees are Josh. Mark, starting off, one of my favorite players coming into this year. He helped me a lot last year, not so much this year. Mark Andrews. And this isn't a knock on him as a player. I think he was playing hurt. But even though he's out there, you cannot – not play him because if you do, he's going to go off and you're going to look stupid. But from week 13 until week 16, so right when you're really trying to get some wins to get in the playoffs, he did not score above 10 PPR points. Mm. And even then, his good games were scattered with games of three and a half, 0.4 points, six points. Um, and he had 500 less yards than last year, less touchdowns. So he's obviously was a disappointment. Uh, second one, Sky Moore. I wasn't really that in, especially when he landed on the Chiefs. I felt like there were just too many people ahead of him. I thought he saw some development. But based on his ADP, I still had him ranked pretty high. I dropped him considerably, uh, which I will talk about a little bit later. Uh, next one, Russell Wilson. I could have put the whole Broncos offense on this. <laughs> but I just kept it to Russell. Um, yeah. You know – there's a lot at the end of the tunnel that now the Ackett's gone. He actually looked like his old self in the last game or two. But even then, he was not good at all this year. He probably hurt a lot of people more than he helped. Mm-hmm. Next one, Elijah Moore, my fantasy darling coming into the season, my most rostered player on all of my sleeper leagues. I haven't dropped him in anything, but I did not play him after week three or four, and he's been on my bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one, Jonathan Taylor. I had a league where I drafted Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor, and Jalen Hurts, and I finished second to last. So he let a lot of people down. Not all his fault. A lot of it was injury, offensive mm-hmm. line, and just overall bad offense. And my honorable mention, I went with another Bronco, Albert O. 
Yeah. I had him, I think, 13th or 14th out of tight ends coming into the year in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. He's down in the mid-20s. Dulcich beat him out pretty easily. Uh, and the winner, Elijah Moore. Like I said, I, I planted my flag on him this year, and he was by far my biggest miss. And I'm still holding, though, and I'm still hopeful that we'll return to a wide receiver two or three moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely got the talent. And, you yeah. know, they, they get some improved quarterback play and overall offense and and, and who knows. Yeah. But, you know, those are, those are some some good guys. I don't know that I would ding Andrews and JT as bad to put them in this category, but certainly um, relative to JT's expectations and relative to when Mark Andrews um, – didn't uh, didn't put up the the, the points that those are yeah. those are those are good calls. Also, you know, like when it comes to um, I don't know, looking ahead, right? Uh, I'm not saying I'm out on Lamar, but he's somebody that I'm cautious on and probably not drafting as high in startups as some other people are. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also looking ahead, question for you, Russell Wilson, uh, is he a buy? Is he like a contender by low at this point? I think so. I, and I think just because he did show glimpses at the skill were there that I think the whole Broncos team was just in a really bad spot with Hackett. I don't want to blame it all on him, but it did seem to happen when he got there and it didn't get better. And they looked actually pretty good when he was gone with their interim head coach. So I think, I think he's got maybe one, two years left. So if you're trying to win now, he's definitely a buy low, but that's only for trying to win and you really need help at the quarterback. Okay. All right. Uh, Great job. Time for, my nominees for uh, biggest faller or disappointment. The nominees are for worst performance as a New York quarterback, Zach Wilson. Um, I hated him in the draft process. And then, and like, there's still a little bit of Jets fandom left in me here and there sometimes, like a tiny <laughs> And, and they draft, I was so angry when they drafted him. Right. Um, and I thought he was, you know, quarterback four in that class at best and like distantly behind um you know fields lawrence and 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 lance but um and then you know second half of last year he looked like he could be you know a disappointment but you know sort of a competent mediocre you know quarterback two three in your super flex right yeah and i thought okay you know he's got a chance to be whatever a starter a guy but not, you know, not anything special. And then, you know, just this year, it's just been really just absolutely terrible. And, um, you know, not that anybody had huge expectations for him, but, you know, you're talking about a, a, a number two overall pick, right? Uh, you know, and now basically he is his, you know, career as a relevant, you know, quarterback is, is in question. You know, I think some people feel like this is he kind of needed a timeout and he'll he'll bounce back at some point with some growth, you know. Yeah. Um, but but certainly a disappointment. Uh, Jalen Tolbert uh, is another nominee uh, for the uh, where are you? <laughs> well, not for, <laughs> for the, uh, the the biggest disappointment. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, had him in, you know, their top eight to 12 wide receivers in the 2022 class. You know, the thing was for me, he went to a small school, so he's going to need some coach up. Right. Like he's going to need to refine his route running. He's got some concentration drops. But. You know, there's a lot of skills there, and he's got a chance to step in with Gallup injured. It didn't happen. Uh, he was a healthy scratch. He had two catches for 12 yards, I think, on the season. So, you know, complete uh, bust in the first year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, they didn't trade him. And so my thought was, okay, they're going to use the heck out of him while they have him, you know, and then let him leave as a free agent. And – you know, not only did was he not great with his touches, he just wasn't getting a lot of touches. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, you know, relative to where he was in my rankings at the beginning of the season and where he is now, so he's certainly a faller. Uh, this is also uh, an eat crow uh, moment for me on Brevin Jordan. Uh, I was the conductor of the Brevin Jordan hype train. <laughs> uh, even had him as high as Dynasty wide receiver 12 at one point early in the offseason. Um, I, you know... I wasn't huge on Mills. I thought he was better than people thought. I wasn't huge on the Texans, right? But, you know, the idea was you know, we saw flashes. We saw chemistry. We saw improvement from Nico Mills and Jordan at the end of last year. And, you know, I thought that would continue. I'm not going to put it all on Lovey Smith, but I am interested in in, in what we what we see in, with the new regime, you know. Um, 
Mills not being in that mix because you know they're they're probably taking a, a quarterback. But yeah, uh, but but yeah, I'd have to put him on that list just relative to where I was hyping him. I have to be honest, you know. Uh, Elijah Moore, I also share as a nominee. Um, you know, uh, he, this is a person who, you know, take it for what it is, but DK and AJ Brown say is better than they are. Um, and, you know, here we are trade demand, doghouse, Zach Wilson, not even knowing he exists. Right. And, you know, we don't know what's, what's going on with him moving forward. Um, you know, I, I mean, yeah, by low candidate, probably he's, I might have him a little higher than some other people do. I think I still have him at like 32 maybe or something like that off the top of my head. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely been a, a, a disappointment. My honorable mention is DeAndre Swift. Uh, I put him here because I'm a Swifter, right? I'm a Swift truther. Uh, um, oh, I have Elijah Moore at 38. Uh, so, you know, Swift it was basically my dynasty RB2 up until like a few weeks ago. You know, I kind of like, yep. I don't know if it was take locky or whatever, but, um, you know, the talent is there. Um, I will be very interested to see what happens with Jamal Williams in free agency. Um, he seems to be like one of the main leaders in the cult of Dan Campbell. Like when they're handing out the bite, bite the kneecap Kool-Aid, he's the guy with the ladle spooning it out for everybody. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't expect him to not be on the Lions. Um, I don't expect him to have, you know, the year that he had, though. He, I mean, I think he benefited a lot from people getting tackled at the two-yard line and he just, you know, the next play it was right. But, um, but definitely he capped uh, Swift ceiling. They don't really seem to be using Swift the right way. So I put him here because I have to be honest because I'm a Swifter, but I only have him an honorable mention because I didn't knock him down too far. You know, I I still think there's there's a, a lot of upside there uh, with Swift and am hopeful uh, for sure. So the winner of biggest disappointment or biggest faller is <laughs> Jalen Tolbert. Congratulations. Jalen is not in the audience tonight. Uh, I will accept on his behalf. Um, yeah, uh, he, he worked really hard to play in almost zero games, and that is why he is uh, my winner for biggest disappointment. Hey, I'm still buying in long term. I, I drafted in the 21st round, so I think at that point I'm not really losing much. So yeah. I think there's still, you know. And I did see something about Jamal Williams. I can't remember the exact number, but it was close to 10, if not over 10 one-yard touchdown runs he had. So it's like I had him on my teams. I'm happy with it. But at the same time, do not expect that moving forward. That's a guy who, if you didn't get him off your roster um, in the you know uh, late in this season because cough-cough contenders are stupid and don't make good trades, cough-cough, um, <laughs> That you know he's he's somebody you want to move probably uh, pretty oh, yeah. soon this off season, um, especially with the risk of him signing somewhere else and there being uh, some uncertainty there because yep. we know the Lions love him, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and even though he's gotten better, he's matured a little. Look at what it was in Green Bay. I mean, he had his good games every now and then, but it still wasn't, you know. All right. So just real quick here, Kyle yep. commiserating with me. Uh, Watching Swift, I, I mean, it's I, it's maddening to me because he's so good, he's so dynamic, and I just give him the damn ball. Yeah. All right. So uh, the next category is uh, a guy I'll have a lot of in 2023. Take it away, Josh. Yeah. So I'm gonna start off with one of my favorite one of my favorite fantasy players. I don't really know why, but it's J.K. Dobbins. Um. Even this year when he's not 100% healthy, he's not like in pain, but he's even admitted he's not 100%. Still getting strength in his knee after the surgery. And even then, he's still, I think since week 13 or 12, he's leading the league in yards per carry. He looks pretty explosive, at least agile, you know, shifty, missing tackles. But I think he's still got some top side uh, speed coming next year when he's fully healthy. Even if they don't have Lamar, they're still going to run the ball a lot. So I'm going to be having a lot of him. Uh, Deontay Johnson. I'm not buying into everyone saying he's washed. He's not good. He's demanded massive target shares over the past three or four years. I don't think that's going to change. I think Kenny Pickett was just 
I think he had a better connection with George Pickens, but I think that'll change over the season or over the offseason. <clears throat> Next one might be a little surprising, Jerry Judy. I never thought I'd say this, but I did see glimpses this year that show he is, in my opinion, much better and much more fantasy useful at this point than Cortland Sutton. Uh, it might be unpopular, but I definitely like Jerry Judy. I think he's a lot faster, a better route runner, mm-hmm. and just better for what Russell Wilson's looking for. I can um, dig it. Yep. Then Khalil Herbert. This is just me honestly banking on Montgomery going somewhere else and the, the Bears <clears throat> making him the lead guy. I think he's a better back at this point in their careers. I think he's got much better big play potential. I think that'll go well with Justin Fields. And the last one, Daniel Jones. I tried really hard to get him in the last startup. Uh, he's only 25 years old. I think he's shown that in big games, he doesn't really fold. He's got good rushing upside. That's kind of sneaky. He'll get some rushing touchdowns. And they don't even have the best weapons to throw to right now, but he's still doing pretty good. So if they can get some receivers, I think he'll be even better. Um, my honorable mention is a buy low, Brees Hall. Mm. Uh, I know Kyle mentioned it earlier in the comments, Brees being an RB1. I have him as my RB1 or 2 moving forward in Dynasty. And I've traded for him a few times. I traded him for Nick Chubb in a piece. So I think if you're not trying to win now, or maybe even in 2023, I think he's a great piece to go get for the future. Hmm. And the winner, J.K. Dobbins. I love him. I loved him coming into the year, though I was very hesitant because of the injuries but I will probably be a little overweight J.K. Dobbins next year. All right. So I like, I like uh, all, those, all those guys uh, on, on that list. Uh, you know, Dobbins is interesting, right, because we have at least a, a set of data now that tells us that the second year after the ACL uh, is the better year, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, he and other – you know, he and Gallup, right, are going to be second year after ACL guys next year. So, so uh, people to, to keep an eye on. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, Khalil Herbert goes, I, I I like that call. I don't expect Montgomery back. Um, I I don't. I also don't know how much they think of him as as a one or a one A. You know, to the mm-hmm. extent that anyone is anymore in the NFL. Um, and and Treston Ebner can catch passes pretty well, but he also isn't a big draft capital investment. He was a sixth round pick. Yeah. So I you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if like, you know, in the fourth, fifth round or something, the Bears take a quarterback that caps Khalil Herbert's ceiling. But for now, uh, I, I love the way he runs and and yeah, definitely mm-hmm. um have him on, on a on a few rosters. So your winner, uh JK Dobbins, is also one of my nominees um, for pretty much, you know, the same reasons The the Ravens do like to rotate, you know, several backs, but Dobbins will, will be the lead in that mix. And I, and I think the arrow uh, is up, as you said, the late season um, performance uh, uh, pointed that way. Uh, De- Devonta Smith is my next nominee. Um, he, he was almost in the mix for me for, for riser. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he benefited from, from Goddard being out. Uh, and then with Goddard back, he's, you know, which is a small sample size, uh, he's still getting, you know, targets. Um, you know, he could very well be the two in that passing offense now, you know, and not Goddard, you know, as far as the second overall option on the tree. Uh, Goddard does block well, which, you know, keeps him. Uh, you know, from running as many routes as maybe we'd like to see. Um, you know, also it depends kind of where they are on the field or what the defensive matchup is and that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I I already have a few shares. I'm going to try to get a couple more uh, because now is the time where, like, veterans, to the extent that he's a veteran, but, you know, players not scoring points, you know, their value starts to go down and they become cheaper, whereas, yep. like, you know, Super young guys and draft picks start to, you know, their value starts to go up now. Uh, and so uh, he, he's certainly someone I'm going to look to acquire. Uh, Jerome Ford is on this list. Um, he That's simply me banking on Kareem Hunt not being there and liking Ford's skill set as, as, you know, and sort of sp- saying since the beginning of the season he's going to be Kareem Hunt for them next year. Uh, he's already on <laughs> a bunch of my roster, so it's already true that I'll have him a lot in 2023. 
Uh, but uh, he's a guy I'm looking at. Kyron Williams, um, not a not a guy that that people love, um, but I think people kind of after the combine just kind of sunk him, you know. And then he was hurt at the beginning of the year, and that's not good for rookies and you know getting up to speed and that sort of thing. Um, you know, towards the end of the season, he got some touches. Um, didn't look too bad. Um, I think. He can catch passes. He's got intangibles. He's young. Um, I, you know, I think the way that running back is deployed now in the NFL uh, and, you know, McVay being smart and back as the coach, uh, you know, and them not having any draft capital really to, to draft over him much. Um, you know, he's a guy I want, you know, um, you know, maybe as a death piece, as a, you know, if, if I have a like a start. 11 and I need like a third or fourth flex, you know, he's, he's a guy that I'm going to look at some weeks. Um, Evan Ingram makes this list. Um, we're going to, I'm going to talk a little bit more about him uh, later, but uh, I kind of stashed him a little bit this year as, as like change of scenery. Peterson's good with tight ends. Let's see what happens kind of thing. And I, you know, I wasn't exactly, you know, uh, getting much return on, on the investment, but then, you know, the last month or so, He's just kind of exploded. And, you know, um, I think we're starting to see really what he can look like with a good coach in that in that offense with with Trevor at quarterback. Uh, my honorable mention uh, for this award is essentially almost any 2022 rookie tight end. A, because I have a lot of them to begin with. And B, th that class ended up, at least for now, uh, a lot better than we thought. You know, January... La, you know, like last year, we were told it's McBride, Wiedermeyer, and pray for rain, right? Like, so, and then, you know, now it's become Wiedermeyer is, who knows, right? I think he's on the Colts practice squad, if anywhere. Uh, but we had, you know, a, a good number of tight ends flash well this season, right? We've already talked about Chig, uh, McBride toward the end of the year, uh, obviously Dulcich, Otten, Bellinger, um, Chig, Jelani, uh, you know, uh, and I'm probably forgetting uh, somebody, you know, uh, these these are these are folks that, you know, have shown in a position that doesn't really do much their rookie year yep. that they were they're a lot better as a 2022 class than we thought. So I already have hella 2022 tight ends and I'm probably going to have a few more. So the winner for guy I'll have a lot of in 2023 is Devonta Slim Reaper Smith. He is the winner. Um, you know, obviously with AJ Brown there, you know, you know, uh, maybe limits ceiling. He's not really going to be like sort of an alpha one anyway. But uh, if I go into a season with him as my wide receiver two on a dynasty team, I'm not thrilled but I'm not disappointed. Yeah. No, I, I like all those, especially uh, hinting on all the 2022 rookie tight ends. You know, it, looking back at all my rookie drafts, a lot of the guys like Oconquo, Dulcich, uh, and I got in the third, fourth, even fifth rounds of some rookie drafts. So, I for mean, sure. yeah. that's why, like, I'm not going out looking for thirds and fourths, but I also don't just spit on them and, like, scoff at them. Like, I can't get anything mm -hmm. there, especially with tight end premium being more popular just because of the dire need at the position. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was hoping Jamie was still in the chat because I know he mentioned Jerome Ford a while back, uh, you know, when we mentioned him first earlier this season. He's chiming in here, um, you know, that, yes, he's a he's a huge Jerome Ford fan. All right, let's get on board. No relation, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought because of Jerome Ford, they might ship Kareem Hunt off. But I think he might have just needed one more year. I think next year he'll be ready to slide into that role. Yeah. He was on the IR a lot this year, but he probably wasn't going to get much run anyway. So it's not, <laughs> yeah. really, not really a, a concern for me. All right. That's so true. the next two categories are a little bit of a twist, something that you probably don't see much of in fantasy football. I will explain the first one here. This is the William Henry Harrison Award. So before you go hit the Google, let me explain it. And as a U.S. history teacher, this is kind of my thing, right? So William Henry Harrison, the ninth president of the United States, who, by the way, shares a birthday with me, February 9th. Okay? Uh, he was, um, if you've ever heard the phrase Tippy Canoe and Tyler too, he was Tippy Canoe. Uh, for the, <laughs> the, uh, he got that nickname for being... Uh, um, 
a, uh, an officer in the Battle of, of, of Tippecanoe uh, against uh, Native Americans in the War of uh, 1812. Um, and anyway, gets elected president in the election of 1840, uh, makes an inaugural address uh, in, the, in the rain um, and the cold, and it's the longest inaugural address probably ever in U.S. history. Uh, there are parts of it that he's speaking in, I believe, Latin and or Greek. Um, very, you know, wasn't wearing, a, yeah, yeah, wasn't wearing a coat or a hat or anything like that. Anyway, he's president for 30 days and dies of pneumonia. So this William Henry Harrison Award is dedicated to short-lived <laughs> performances uh, in the fantasy space. Uh, interpret that however you want. It may be a knock on the person, but it just, it is what it is, right? It was a short, we hardly knew ye. So, uh, Josh, kick us off. Yeah, just to touch on that, just imagine going out there, trying to show that you're not tough, you're the leader, and you can speak all these different languages, and you just get sick and die like two months, a month and a half later. It's like, yeah, that was a weird flex. <laughs> mm. uh, so my first one, Flash in the Pan, especially in Dynasty for this one, Chris Moore. Uh, he had to put together a few pretty good games there for the Texans. Won a lot of people some money on DFS. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also 29 years old. He's been in, the, been in the league a while. Don't expect – he might have a few more games where he bursts like that. But I think it was just a matter of Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks being out, mm-hmm. you know, them always being behind. Yeah. Next I one. Mean, he might even be on the team next year. You know, oh, they, yeah. Mechie, yeah. you know, hopefully comes back. Oh, and- yeah, I didn't think about that. They draft QJ yep. or, you know, Addison or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, next one, we both have this one, Gami Brown. Really just showed all the upside people talked about in the past in one game. And then after that, he really didn't do anything. I fell for the trap. I played him in DFS at a value after that one week, thinking he'd be more involved. Disappeared the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Kenyon Drake. He had a few games where he had upper of over 20 points. And then due to Gus Edwards coming back in a few other situations, he was not relevant again, but mm. had a few almost 30-point games. Uh, next one, Jarrett Stidham. Not buying in. He's 26. We kind of know what he is. He had one good game against the 49ers, a really good defense. But then the very next game, went back out there and looked like most backups do. Didn't look very good. I don't know if Carr stays there, but if they don't, I think they definitely find an upgrade, and I think he's back to being a backup. And the last one, someone I didn't even know went to Notre Dame, and I feel bad, Brock Wright. Mm. Basically, it was just touchdown or bust, and his only long play was a broken coverage where he ran 50 yards untouched. Um, not buying into that. People spent a lot of fab on him when Hawkinson got traded too. Um, honorable mention, Zach Moss. And this is more long-term. I think we've seen what he is. He got basically booted off the depth chart with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Just got thrown into a situation without JT on a team that's knows they're not going to win. He had some mm-hmm. pretty solid games, looked decent, but don't buy into it. If you have him, try and get rid of him for what you can. I think any any run or value he had was was based on the presence of Jeff Saturday liking him. You know, yep. what I mean? like, And that's really all it is. Because I think Deion Jackson's much better, but Zach Moss got much more run than Deion Jackson. Uh, yeah, so my winner got to be Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that he had a few almost 30-point games, showed his receiving upside and good big playability, but then just disappeared when Dobbins and Gus Edwards got back. And I think he's just destined to be a bitch, a death piece at this point. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, he – the way that running back's going to look after the deep free agency class and the, the the pretty good rookie class that we have, you know, he Kenyon Drake is one of those guys who I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, on like on a practice squad to yeah. start next year. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my nominees are for the William Henry Harrison award, Caleb Huntley running back for your Atlanta Falcons. Uh, CPAT went down and uh, he made Tyler Algiers' life a little hard by taking a lot of a lot of touches. Did pretty well. Good little running yeah. back. But mm-hmm. once once CPAT was back and the more Algier improved, we didn't really see him at all. I also share Diami Brown. Diami Brown uh, for me is one of those I can't quit you, my guys. Um, I'm I'm stubbornly going to still have him on a few rosters, right? I mean, like 
you know, if I got the space, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I liked the upside coming out of, of college. Um, you know, he's got Dotson and T and T Mac there. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but, but yeah, um, uh, I, I, I love him. And so when, uh, when someone, uh, who I, who I listened to, uh, with, with DFS, um, sort of suggested him in that week against the Titans because I believe Dotson was injured and the Titans get torched on the perimeter. I was like, okay, you know, say less, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't twist my arm to play Diami Brown at 3k, right? As I was uh, about to say, $3,000 play, yeah, sign yeah. me up. <laughs> <laughs> and I cashed in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I don't know how much noise he's, he's going to be making moving forward. Um, CJ Uzuma, Uzoma, um, for the the Jets had a few you know good weeks uh, here and there, but uh, and you know and and flashed I think in the playoffs last year for the Bengals, but you know he's the clear tight end two behind a, a guy named Tyler Conklin, uh, you know, and they you know they they invested some money in CJ, so there's some incentive to you know, but he definitely was the second fiddle uh, in in an offense that you know wasn't so hot. Shane Zilstra, speaking of touchdown or bust uh, Detroit Lions players, uh, I think believe he had a, a three-touchdown game uh, in the week, week 14, 15, something was, like that. It was right? late, yeah. It was late yeah. in the season. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps related to uh, former Carolina Panthers uh, wide receiver Brandon Zilstra. Who knows, uh, right? But, uh, you know, I don't see necessarily see him as anybody worth uh, – worth rostering. And then I'm going to put, I'll put also here Gardner Minshew. I, I think the, the mustache party's over. Uh, and, uh, yep. you know, he was, a, he was a person who I saw as a fairly good backup to have. And as a free agent coming into the, the, the offseason with the quarterback carousel being what it is, I mean, who knows, right? Like he lands someplace as, uh, you know, pushing a young guy you know like maybe he's behind zach wilson in in new york you know and then he had that one week you know filling in for hertz where he looked pretty good against dallas you know and it was like okay you know Minshew, you know it's good you know uh and then the next week he didn't look good at all again <laughs> you know he is what he is right he's a he's a fun to watch sometimes sixth round pick uh who we 40% of the way of why we like him is because of like who he is and not his mustache the, and not the player. The swag, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. um, my honorable mention is um, river Craycraft. So river Craycraft uh, and Lawrence Cager were some of my faves this year, as far as like looking at a box score and going who um, and river, uh, you know, plays for uh, Miami and uh, early in the season had uh, a touchdown and then kind of was kind of ghost for a while. And then in week 12, uh, you know, uh, four catches for 55 yards. Pretty good. And then uh, two for 29 in week 13 after not playing for four weeks before that, then didn't play again until week 18 and uh, one catch for five yards against uh, against the Jets. But in weeks two and three, scored a touchdown. Uh, and River Craycraft is my honorable mention. Uh, Cray Cray, as I like to call him. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, for, the, <laughs> uh, for the William Henry Harrison Award. The winner for the William Henry Harrison Award is... Caleb Huntley, running back, Atlanta Falcons. <sighs> uh, Caleb is not here. I will be accepting the, the award on his behalf. I chose him as the winner um, because in that flash, he was the best, right? And so his disappearance is sort of the, uh, the biggest descent, if you will. Uh, but also yeah. as, as a way to talk about the Atlanta backfield, and because I wanted to with you as an Atlanta fan. Um, so some people suggested that Algiers' increased usage coincided with uh, the Falcons um, being eliminated from the playoffs, right? Also coincided with Ritter, but like, you know, coincided with the Falcons being out of the playoffs. And the thinking there was, according to these folks, well, you know, CPAT is older, 
Um, he's got a year left on his contract. Maybe they're saving his body for next year because this year doesn't matter anymore. And so let's let's you know pump the brakes, cool the jets, if you will, on Tyler Algier. Okay. Other folks are saying actually, CPAT is imminently cuttable. Uh, I'm looking here at Spotrack, and if they release or trade him after June 1st, which you know who's going to take CPAT in a trade on a conditional seventh or something, right? Uh, you know they could save 4.25 million. Um, I don't know that that team is is going to have the bodies and depth really to consider cutting him or trading him. So uh, what say you about this Atlanta backfield? Are people too excited about Tyler Algier? I, you know, I think they actually might be. I was high on him this year, but I also see a few paths to where he might be a little disappointing next year. Um, I think Arthur Smith wants to have a committee, and I think the only reason, the only way they let – Patterson goes if they go and draft a running back. And I think there's more needs across the board that they need as opposed to get going and getting a running back. Mm-hmm. I think sure. last year, before this year, last year's Cordell Patterson later in the year had a few small injuries, didn't miss a significant time, but he also started to wear down. He looked slower, started getting tackled easier. So I think a lot of it's just his age. Partly they're trying to maybe save him for next year, trying to give Algier a run. I think it's honestly a mixture of all of that. Mm. But I do see a way to where Algier has a disappointing year. Like I think he's he. I don't think he's the guy there and going to be the guy there. But I think he's going to be valuable regardless. True. Or I think false. it's always going to be a committee. Okay. No, that's that's a that's a good point. I think. So. I think. I think I agree with you there. True or false? Desmond Ritter will be the Atlanta Falcons starting quarterback in twenty twenty four. I think false. I think they saw enough. I think he might stay on the squad, but I think they either go get like they did Mariota this year or they draft one. I don't know how high they'll go up to draft one, but they quarterback is one of their top needs, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say false. Okay. Uh, your version of uh, – oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, we're on a new category. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So new category is – the I never thought I'd say it, but award for things we said this year that we never thought we'd say. Pretty self-explanatory. Just a fun way to to end here our award show. Kick us off with the I never thought I'd say it, but award. I was actually going to see if you take this. I need to turn my camera off for a second. You okay, don't mind sure. taking this one first? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I, I got gotcha. you. Okay, so uh, the I never thought I'd say it, but award, right? So this year has been an interesting year, like any other year with ups and downs. Uh, and so for me, there were things I said this year, which I didn't think I'd, I'd be huh? saying. One of them is, uh, no, I'd need more than a second for Evan Ingram. Uh, as he, you know, obviously uh, has grown in this offense, they're designing plays for him. He's got a competent coach who you know, uses tight ends well and, you know, is 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 linked to, to golden boy uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, no, I would need more than this. I'm not saying I would need a first. I'm saying I would need more than a, more than a second for Evan Ingram. Uh, nominee number two, the sentence, I probably don't have enough Wandale Robinson. Uh, he's a, a player who I did not like. Um, when I get that low in the rankings in, in, in wide receiver for rookies, I want size. Size to me matters. Um, you know, that's what she said. Take it for whatever it's worth, right? And this is someone who with the height and weight, I just didn't I just didn't like. I didn't I didn't think it was going to be somebody who was going to be um, successful in the NFL. He commanded targets. Yeah. Commanded targets, right? Now was there a dearth of competition there? Sure, but he commanded targets. Uh, is he going to be the one receiver there as far as like the, the you know, the, the the person who gets the most targets there next year? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, the draft and free agency, right? Although free agency wide receiver class isn't deep. I mean, this is a team who is so desperate for wide receiver. They just signed James Washington. They were running Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins out there, who was almost a nominee for the, you know, William Henry Harrison Award. Um, you know, the ACL is a concern. Um, especially next year, the first year back, and especially for a player who, you know, sort of relies on that agility, that cutting with, um, with an ACL. But, but yeah, I don't, I probably don't have enough Wondell Robinson. Um, 
Another, I never thought I'd say it, but I was wrong about Christian Watson. We've talked this year, not that we hated Watson much, but we thought the development would be slow. We thought he was raw and projecty, uh, and that people were overdrafting him as a late first-round rookie pick. He produced a lot quicker than I thought. Yeah. Now, I'm still not completely sold on him as far as the way some people are viewing him, you know, as this is a alpha ascending to the elite, you know, eh, let's, you know, um, there's still, uh, you know, things in his game uh, that, that need a little work. We don't know the future of Aaron Rodgers. He's, I think a boom bust player. I don't know yep. that not, not like Gabe Davis boom bust, but you know, big his, his big weeks are going to become from big plays. And, you know, I mean, I hate to be, you know, the, that phrase, but TD regression, right. I, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it's a candidate. Uh, I don't think that that TD rate is sustainable. Uh, the next nominee, I'm close to quitting fantasy football and just doing <laughs> DFS. Um, I, I know I've done a few rants on a couple different podcasts about this, but this year was very frustrating in fantasy football. Uh, number one reason it was frustrating for me was trading in dynasty leagues. Uh, I could go on forever about it. Um, basically, you know, go to goingfor2.com, look at my 10 <laughs> commandments uh, for dynasty trading article and just see what pisses me off and just know that this year, like everybody was, was violating every one of my commandments <laughs> and um, people just, you know, and people tried to spin it as like, well, the field is sharper now. And I, nah, man, it's just jabronis. And, yep. and, and I, I was really, because here's the thing, right? I have this like inability to not get frustrated by bullshit, you know? And also I get mad because this is supposed to be my fun, happy place escape. It's supposed to be my hobby. It's not supposed to be the, the, the space that makes my brain hurty because people are stupid. And, <laughs> you know, and it did. And so I was like, I was like, why, why would I, why would I just save myself the frustration and just go find a different hobby, take the money and time and spend it elsewhere like DFS, which I was improving at a lot this year. So, so yeah, I was really I was really close several times this year to quitting fantasy football, um, and and just doing DFS. And I never thought I'd say it, but um, I'd probably trade the 101 if I wasn't competing in 2023. Um, yeah, I don't. It's not a hot take, but certainly a, a one that I, I think a number of people would would disagree with because you know it's not like Bijan's not going to be you know useful in 2024 or 2025 when you're competitive, but you know, you're essentially have, have the 101. And, and if you're not competing in 2023, a, it's hard to describe sometimes, but the 101, the opportunity to pick Bijan is sometimes more valuable than if you picked Bijan and tried to trade him. Um, and you have now this like golden asset that's worth like a ton, and you're not competing next year. Why? draft Bijan, have him score points on your roster or draft Bijan and try to trade him when you can just trade out of the one-on-one now, take the haul, right? And, and put it towards, put it towards your, re especially if it's a slightly longer rebuild and you're not in that point where you think you're going to be competing in, you know, in 2024, like early on, like I, you know, I think I would trade the one-on-one if I wasn't competing in 2023, the honorable mention for, I never thought I'd say it, but Sky Moore is starting to look like a value at this point. Uh, <laughs> with the future of, of Juju uncertain, um, with Nicole Hardman likely gone, with uh, Kadarius Tony, who flashed, uh, sort of being, you know, uh, the main competition at this point, and with how much he slipped in rankings and, um, you know, uh, is now approaching a buy low he's starting to look like a value. And that's somebody who I was, you know, saying people were getting drunk on landing spot because he went to Kansas city and I was trading out of, of that yep. spot where, you know, people were drafting sky more. So the winner for, I never thought I'd say it, but I wanted to do the, the I I'll leave fantasy football and just do, do you, but I wanted to kind of end on a happy note. So, <laughs> the winner is I need more than a second for Evan Ingram. So that is the winner for I never thought I'd say it, but this is a person who for me was like a poster boy of like, 
you know, athletic tight end who becomes disappoint disappointing. And it was kind of like a joke and like Giants fans, like he was the butt of Giants fans jokes. But he also suffered from being, you know, on the Giants and having Jason Garrett, you know, as an as an OC. So, uh, <laughs> nope. you know, and, and here we are. I'd be more than a second for him. Off no, I really no, I really like that one. I really like Evan Ingram. I've always liked him. I just needed to see what he could do this year before I really dove in. Uh, but yeah, I like all of those a lot. Uh, speaking of the 101 real quick, I mean, if you trade out of that, you can get the 106 and another first and a couple of other picks, even maybe some players for that 101. So I don't see why you wouldn't do it if you're not planning on winning soon. I'm trying to do it in a rebuild right now, and it's very hard. Yeah, the price is and, very high. And Jamie asked us, what would I want in return for Bijan? Like, you know, there are some people who go by the rule that no player is worth three firsts, and they also go by a rule that, you know, once you get to three firsts, like, it, you're, it's not worth it to trade for a person. You know, I don't know if there's any, if there's anybody who's, who's sort of in that neighborhood, in that ballpark. It's him, but you're not probably not getting that. But I will say there was one lead that I was kind of poking around and kicking the tires on the 101, and the ask was ridiculous. Just, you know, just insultingly ridiculous. Like, take a yep. screenshot and show your friend this ridiculous this person on ridiculous. Twitter, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't – I don't. I try not to do that, but – um. You know, I send it to my friends and I say, this is, this is, look <laughs> at this, this is ridiculous, right? And, and fast forward, the person wound up trading the 101 today for like a lot less than they were asking from me. So, yeah, <laughs> they, uh, it was um, 103, 203 in James Cook. Let's see. I, if I really needed Bijan, I, I might do that. Oh yeah, you do it if you're the yeah. if you're buying the 101. But the person yeah. sold the 101 for a song compared to what they were asking of me. They wanted like JT, my firstborn, you know, like <laughs> your dog deed to my condo. Like it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. You know, so 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 realistically, yeah, I'd want I'd want at least one 23 first, especially if it was um, past 10. Was past like 106. I'd want to. Um, I'd want, um, I'd want a, uh, like a, a young, a useful, like wide receiver two type, you know, on top of that. Uh, and then maybe something like something else. Like it, that's kind of like the core of what, uh, what, what I'm thinking to start with. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's just kind of off the top of my head, but yeah, that's, that's, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're trading the opportunity for the, you know, the best running back prospects since, you know, Saquon and CMC, you know, and, you know, and 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 especially in a world where the NFL isn't drafting or deploying running back like they used to, this person is a huge outlier, right? And will and and that you know, so tr you know, trading the opportunity to draft this person is a big deal, and you better get more than one hundred three James Cook and, and the two hundred three. But yeah, all right, uh, off to you for the nominees for I never thought I'd say it, but award. All right, I never thought I'd have to say this, but I was right to fade Sky Moore this season. Like we briefly talked about, I'll keep it short. I wasn't in on him, but I also saw the potential with a few injuries, him replacing Mecole. You know, he might actually be really good this year. Um, but I was actually right. Next one, can't believe I'd say it, but Bryce Perkins or Trace McSorley in my super flex spot. <laughs> That's just me saying the quarterback position got really, really ugly this year, especially if you play in deep leagues with pe people like there's no backup quarterbacks on the wire. You basically are racing to the wire to spend your fab on Trace McSorley just so you can fill someone in that spot. So David yeah, yep. started this year, right? Like, yeah, I actually started Bryce Perkins in a league. Uh, yeah, yeah. Next one, I never thought I'd say it. I wonder where Lamar will play next year. You know, I thought he was going to play with the Ravens for a long time. It's looking like that's probably not going to happen. Might be good for him if they keep Greg Roman because I think he's kind of, you know, not doing the best job of doing their weapons, not doing a good job drafting receivers for him. Um, so, yeah, the next one, I try I, – any chance I get the shit on Gabe Davis, I will. <laughs> I can't believe I say it, but Gabe Davis still sucks. Like, he has his games, but he also on much – less targets almost like Isaiah McKenzie almost had just as many receptions as Gabe Davis. He's so boomer bust. He drops open touchdowns. I don't, I, I don't hate him as a person, but I hate the hype he gets. I hate mm. 
how high people are on him thinking he's a godsend just because he plays in Buffalo. He's not, you know, he's wide receiver three, four at best. Um, last one, Garrett Wilson is far and away the number one receiver in all of New York and the 23 class. I had him pretty high. I had him fifth, but I had to move him above Olave, who I love. He's just as good at route running as Olave, in my opinion, and probably a little bit better in space. So, so do I've you mean the 22 class then? or Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Yeah, and the 22. Yeah, I just put 23. So that's what I've been doing, starting my rookie research. But yeah, better yeah, than yeah, the 22 class. He's better than Drake London, better than Olave. I think he's got the most upside out of all of them too. Uh, yeah, my honorable mention, I saw this. It made me start laughing because I've done this a few times this year. My honorable mention is Brian's. I'm close to quitting fantasy and just doing DFS. <laughs> I actually, like you have, I I hit a pretty good run towards the year. got better as the season went on, and it's fun yeah. to win money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's the one. My winner, Garrett Wilson. Dude's a beast. I love him as a player. He's going to be mm-hmm. really good. He's going to be a mm-hmm. top wide receiver one moving forward in dynasty so mm-hmm. i think i've already got him up at seven uh, yeah dynasty wide receiver yeah he's like, well up there i just time is now you know yeah. like it's, yeah. it's, it's it's his world and we're living in it you know yep. um i think i have him closer to a lobby than some people do though i think some people are making the case that there's a bigger separation between the two um i don't the, i don't think i don't is. i don't see it that way i think one thing you can say in wilson's um column is that he sort of improved as the year went on with mediocre quarterback play, whereas Alave's production kind of stagnated with media. You know, like his yeah. his quarterback play was always mediocre. But if you remember, like early in the year, it was like, look at all these air yards, Olave's get you know, and it's like, look at the last few weeks of the year. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was a little sobering for because Alave was my guy. I went out on a limb saying he was going to be the best receiver this year. Yeah, he's definitely up there, and he should be up there more than he is for offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, toward the end of the season well. doing DFS and looking at like the the team implied totals for Saints games, and I was like, "What's happened to this team? That Kamara, Alave, <laughs> like, you know, I'm t- I'm yeah. telling it." And I'm not complaining because I hate the Saints, but Dennis Allen, like, play Jameis Winston. Don't have Andy Dalton as your quarterback. You're killing everyone's value. One one guy we didn't mention that I'm probably going to have a lot of in 23, I'm, I think he's probably a little overvalued at this point, but I kind of already have a few shares. Juwan Johnson. Yep. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think – I mean, even Shahid we talked about with Jameis mm-hmm. chunking in the ball, I think yeah. – I don't know what they're doing, so – we don't know. I hope Jameis is there because he's better than what they have. But, yeah, you know, who knows at this point, right? Uh, back to the Swift talk uh, with Kyle here. Yeah, who thought we'd be saying that Jamal Williams outscored him? Yeah, that was that was weird this year. Um, one of my bold predictions, quote unquote, for 2022 was that uh, Swift would be a top three PPR running back, you know. And I, and I think, you know, it'd be easy for me to cop out and hide behind the time missed for injury is valid but it you know just based on when he was healthy what was happening it, it wouldn't have, that prediction would not have come true yeah. yeah no absolutely they just clearly when they got close to the goal line took him out and put in jamal williams so well that concludes our dinos uh you know next year maybe a little bit more production value some graphics some tuxedo t-shirts some uh fake champagne sparkling <laughs> cider or something like that you know and uh and uh, we'll uh, we'll do it again. Um, so moving ahead, you know, we're going to have some fun this offseason. Uh, you know, we're going to stick to our lists of five, but we're going to do offseason content that way. So, for example, you know, when we get into to rookie talk, which is going to be so much fun, um, you know, we might do an episode like, you know, five rookies to avoid or five intriguing rookies or, um, you know, our top five rookie tight ends or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So we're still going to do you know, the typical off-season content you'd expect, just still in list form, um, you know, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll come up with the trade targets, uh, free agency buzz, uh, you know, free agency is going to be really fun this year with the running back. So, you know, uh, stick with us, you know, we'll be here um, mostly weekly, you know, we'll, we'll take uh, weeks off here and there as, as necessary. Uh, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to stay weekly uh, uh, for the most part in, in this off-season. And I hope, uh, 
I hope everyone uh, stays with us for the ride. Um, it's been a lot of fun this year. So oh, yeah. please subscribe, rate, and review to the Going For Two Live podcast feed that you're listening to on audio. If you're watching us here on YouTube live or otherwise, please subscribe to the channel, like this video, and even turn on those darn notifications so you know when the videos are coming. Time for plugs. Josh, where can we find you and your work? Yeah, you can find myself on Twitter at Rotonaut, R-O-T-O-N-A-U-T. Uh, you can find – I'm going to start actually writing articles again. I took a little break for my mental health over the season. But you can find all my off-season work at goingfor2.com. And I just want to say this has been my first year doing this podcast stuff and actually diving full into Dynasty. I've had a lot of fun, learned a lot, and I hope everybody that watches has too. Right on. Right on. Really appreciate you. It was fun uh, having yeah. uh, having this uh, this year. Yeah, um, I'm glad it worked out. So you can find me on Twitter at FFJunkie underscore. Uh, you can find Dynasty Rankings at GoingFor2.com, as well as any articles that I do. Uh, I, too, will be increasing in the offseason. I just will have more time and, and mental space to be doing it. Um, so we already have our, our offseason content spreadsheet up and who's going to write what. And so, yeah, we're... Uh, we're going to give you uh, everything that you need, uh, which reminds me, the Going for Two family of, uh, of podcasts. Uh, you know, some of them are going to be a little less uh, frequent uh, in the offseason, uh, but, you know, we still have a, a full stable of podcasts uh, uh, for you to enjoy. So please make sure you're checking out the YouTube channel and the podcast feed. Uh, if you go to goingfor2.com and read the great articles, you'll also see in the bottom right a little purple thingy to click to the Discord. Uh, it's free and it's on and popping. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be bringing on, uh, you know, more writers too. Uh, yeah, I'm told, you know, and and expand uh, our content. So, you know, just all sorts of great things um, going for two kind of our your your one stop shopping for your fantasy needs. So, uh, any uh, any last words, Josh? Besides, go Irish. You beat me to it. Uh, yeah, go Irish. That's it. Michael Mayer. Love it. Yeah, no, I, I'm so happy. I cannot wait for him to be a stud. Yeah. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Thanks for being with us. We will, uh, we will see you uh, next week. Not sure what the topic's going to be just yet, but we'll figure it out in the Twitter DMs, and uh, and we'll have something for you. Take care, folks.